0: Welcome to Rebel Roundup, ladies and gentlemen, and the rest of you, in which we look back at some of the very best commentaries of the week by your favorite Rebels. I'm your host, David Menzies. Wow, check out that new whiz-bang marketing campaign by Montreal-based Simons. The retail chain isn't promoting its line of clothing or home goods, rather it's promoting suicide? What the hell? Sheila Gunn-Reed has all the gruesome details. Do you remember the horrific case of Candace Cerro, the elderly Indigenous woman who was trampled by a police horse in Ottawa back in February? Well, this just in, folks. The Special Investigations Unit is no longer investigating her case. Apparently, she wasn't maimed enough? Unbelievable. Our Montreal-based reporter, Alexa Lavoie, who was also injured in February, last February, thanks to police brutality, has all the details. And letters, we get your letters. We get your letters every minute of every day. And you had plenty to say about Justin Trudeau's Royal Canadian Mounted Henchman. looking like the Argos defensive line by once again physically preventing Prime Minister Blackface McGroper from hearing any insensitive questions from Rebel News. Hmm. Those are your Rebels. Now let's round them up.
1: I think that social media removing someone from the world around them doesn't go far enough. Last year, a shocking one in 30 deaths in the country were due to assisted suicide. Now, if that statistic wasn't depressing enough, consider how it's being packaged to citizens there
2: last breaths are sacred when i imagine my final days i see bubbles i see the ocean i see music even now as i seek help to end my life there is still so much beauty you just have to be brave enough to see it
1: talk about a dystopian sick advertisement But that's only part of the story. The company behind that ad is called Simons. They're a Canadian fashion and home goods retailer. They reportedly staged excursions for this young woman to film as some, I don't know, brand building exercise. Here now is Sheila gunn Reid, editor editor-in-chief of Rebel News. She's running a national campaign to force the government to end this practice. Sheila, it seems to me that they're selling assisted suicide with a... You know, very sophisticated, um, fun, kind of adventurous message. Uh, What the heck is going on up north?
3: Laura, I just want to thank you so much for your interest in this. Unlike the corporate media here in Canada that's been tainted by Justin Trudeau's bailouts at Rebel News, we're one of the few independent outlets that can still speak about these these issues freely, but also with the sense of horror the issue rightly deserves— We see companies do this all the time. We see them align themselves with government on issues like climate change and BLM and reproductive issues. They go woke. This is what it means to be woke in Canada now. So why wouldn't corporations align themselves with this next anti-human, anti-life thing? I just want to point out to you how extreme Canada is on this issue. Justin Trudeau's government has removed the 10-day wait time from when you ask for medical assistance in suicide and when you receive it. And you don't have to do it in writing. You can just verbally ask the state to kill you. To put this all into context, we had about 16,000 deaths in Canada related to COVID. Depends on how you count that, of COVID or with COVID. But it was 16,000 deaths. We know that there were 10,000 requests in writing for medically assisted suicide. And that doesn't take into account the deaths that occurred because somebody just verbally asked for it and received it on the very day that they asked for it. And when we say medical assistance in suicide, don't think for a second that that means doctors participating in this. It doesn't have to be your doctor. It can just be a medical professional. That might be a nurse that is seeing you today for the first time, or even a pharmacist that's helping you take a short trip off a long or, a, you know, take a short trip off the earth. Um, that's the state of affairs here in Canada.
1: Well, here's the um, CEO of Simons, the company that produced that pro uh, euthanasia campaign, watch.
4: It's obviously not a commercial campaign. It's, it's, it's more an effort to use our freedom, our voice and the privilege we have to speak and create. Companies have a responsibility uh, to 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 participate in communities and to help build the communities that we want to live in tomorrow and leave to our children
1: okay so sheila how are we actually building communities if the goal is to help kill people i'm not following this logic that guy is weird okay he's just a weirdo um but assisted suicide now is the way to a you know a better more stable society it sounds like something you'd hear out of the ccp
3: well and what does this have to do with ladies clothes that man sells ladies clothes what does that have to do with anything in canada right now if you annoy a government bureaucrat whose job it is to help you through your acute medical or psychological issues that you're experiencing on that very day they will suggest to you that maybe you should just do us all a favor and help yourself to some state sanctioned homicide we know of at least seven military veterans who have been experiencing acute PTSD, who were offered medical assistance in dying by Veterans Affairs. We also know about parents of sick babies oh who have been offered medical assistance in dying.
1: Oh they want so, they, they want to get it's like they want to get this human is not life community off the building. books. Yeah, well they want to get human yeah. life that's inconvenient off the books. They they It's kind of obvious where this is all going. If anyone wants to pay attention to what we're talking about here, uh, Sheila, you're doing an invaluable service in Canada by raising the awareness about this. We're going to stay on this because if it's there, believe me, it's going to be growing as a movement in the United States as well. We appreciate it. Thank you. Wow. Having a
0: bad day, going through a relationship breakup, perhaps suffering from PTSD. Hey, what's to discuss? Simply volunteer for assisted suicide and voila. All of your problems are over once and for all. No muss, no fuss. <laughs> Sickening. And with her thoughts on this disturbing state of affairs is Rebel News Chief Reporter Sheila gunn How are you doing there, Sheila?
3: David, I'm great. Thanks for having me on the show.
0: Well, that is fantastic. And what a great interview with uh, Laura Ingram of Fox News. And Sheila, so many angles here to unpack. But first of all, Isn't Simmons in the business of, you know, selling clothes and home goods? How is it that a pro-suicide ad campaign is a so-called brand building exercise to begin with?
3: Well, they also said it was a community building exercise. And I was like, you're threatening to off the community. So I'm not quite sure how that's building the community when you're making sure there are fewer people in it. But we see this all the time. As I said to Laura, we see corporations align themselves with whatever government agenda is before them. We should be used to it now with regard to climate change. Um, For some reason, your grocery store has the pride flag up with BLM shirts in um, Walmart, companies virtue signaling about reproductive rights when they should be just trying to sell you clothes and food. So we see this all the time. And this is just what it means now. To be a woke corporation in Justin Trudeau's Canada, you also have to be a euthanasia extremist.
0: You know, and Sheila, let me challenge you on that point because, you know, the bottom line of being in business is indeed the bottom line. You want to make money. You want to embrace messaging and marketing campaigns and advertising that will attract consumers and move the merchandise. So the thing is, I'm just wondering, when it comes to this retailer... Do you think they did market research? Do you think they did focus groups and they came to the conclusion that, hey, you know what? Taking a pro-suicide stance, that is going to help us move the merchandise or is this something being enacted upon by this CEO?
3: I definitely don't think that they enacted any sort of market research. Just ask Disney. Um, (laughs) These companies continue to go woke and go broke, and they really don't have a reset button until such time as Disney now, they've replaced their CEO because it's costing them extreme amounts of money and movies are flopping. But they never really asked the customer up until now whether or not they wanted all the social justice shoved down their throat. It became a point in which they were losing so much money That at the end of the day, capitalism wins. And I wonder, uh, you know, what's going to happen with Simons? Are they going to proceed down this road until finally somebody says, I'm never shopping there again, you pro-homicide weirdos? Enough people are going to have to do that until the CEO changes his mind about putting his personal politics in with, you know, the corporate mandate.
0: No, you're so right. Uh, Right now we're into December, Sheila. This is where retailers make the bulk of their profits over the year uh, with the Christmas merchandise sales. And I'm just wondering if this ad campaign draws more customers uh, to Simon's or it has the opposite effect. People are going, I'm not going there. In fact, I'm going to boycott this chain till it uh, pulls its ads. How do you think this will play out if you are looking into a crystal ball right now?
3: I think the people who care will care and not go there. But I'm not sure that as a Canadian society, um, we are aware enough of just how radical we are on this issue. And, you know, this is posted on, I think, the Simon's YouTube page. I don't know about you, David, but I don't watch a lot of YouTube videos from a clothing company, generally speaking. So I'm not sure how widely this was viewed before, It caught uh, the nose of our American friends who said, this is crazy. Um, (laughs) What has this got to do with selling ladies' clothes? So I'm not sure that enough Canadians really will be outraged about this as much as I am. This beautification of people in their most darkest, desperate moments um, being offered something other than the help that they need to live on.
0: You know, it really is incredible, Sheila, how this assisted suicide is really taking off. And, you know, I think I might have mentioned this before. I look back at the science fiction film from 1973, Soylent Green, based on a book from 1965. And how much of that is coming true, such as um, not only is suicide in the future legal, but the remaining family members get benefits from the state. Uh, There is a food alternative, um, which is the title of the movie. I'm not going to give a spoiler here about what the, the food is. It's not insects. It's something even worse. And the funny thing is, the uncanny thing is, Sheila, is that Soylent Green is set in the here and now 2022. And here we are seeing, yes, the state championing suicide. How did we get here in the first place?
3: it's a neat little thing that the government is doing here because they are the architects of the suffering of these people. And instead of fixing the system that creates the suffering, they say, you know what, let's just get you right out of the system altogether. And then they pat themselves on the back and call it compassion. State sanctioned homicide these days is called compassion. Let's look at what's really happening here. And I think the veterans issue is a great example of this. So as we know, as we're told by our prime minister, our veterans are asking for more than he's willing to give. So they are shoehorned into a system that causes them undue suffering after they've served our country in uniform and have received psychological and physical injuries because of it. And so they reach out to the system we've stuck them in that is broken for help. And if you annoy a government bureaucrat a little too much on the other end of the line, they say, you know what, why don't you just do us all a favor and drop dead? Basically, they say it in nicer ways, but they say, you know, you're obviously suffering. Have you considered medical assistance in dying? So instead of fixing the system, the broken system that causes the suffering, they just get the people out of the system by exterminating people, offering them something they would never take on a better day, and you know it, it tidies up the loose ends for the government, and it, it spills over into all aspects of our lives. You know, I use the veterans' example, but Canadian healthcare, really, the defining attribute of Canadian healthcare, is suffering in the same lineup as everybody else. And then in, again, instead of allowing innovation in the healthcare system, we say, you know what? There are too many people in this healthcare system. Let's get rid of a few.
0: No, you're quite right, Sheila, and I know uh, Laura Ingram really uh, acted with a bit of shock when you talked about veterans being talked into taking their own life. I mean, it, it's so perversely ironic. I mean, they, uh, they go overseas and you're you're not so much worry. I mean, of course, you're worried about the Taliban, the enemy uh, killing you. You have no idea that once you get back into Canada, it's going to be your own government trying to uh, almost coerce you into uh, taking your own life. And let's be clear, this is the opposite of empathy and compassion, Sheila. I think to the government, a retired soldier, a veteran, especially a veteran that has injuries preventing him from being uh, redeployed, well, that's a liability on the books, if you will. That's a pension. That's you know a drain on the healthcare system, if you will. So why not just ask this guy uh, to consent to suicide? And it's kind of like taking a line item off the books. I, I know that sounds callous, but that's what I think is going on here. Well, how else do you explain this, Sheila?
3: Sure. You know, and then you have people saying, you know, there are far too many people on the face of the earth. Let's get rid of the sick, the elderly, the infirm. Um, instead of offering people the help they need, the care they need, the actual compassion that they need, we are treating people like they are a plague upon the face of the earth. Um, I just find it so abhorrent. We've had, and it's so normalized. We've had doctors testify in parliamentary hearings that they should consider offering medical assistance in dying to babies who are sick, who are experiencing undue suffering, according to these doctors. Normal societies call that infanticide, and it caused such things as the fall of Rome. Um, I don't know how our society can exist. Much longer when we have such a callous disregard for human life.
0: One last thing, Sheila, it's this rush to have the person take their own life. Like, no, you know, reflection, no passage of time for maybe that person to say, you know what, I made a mistake. And and there's a good friend that we both have, Andrew Lawn, I can tell you some 10 or 12 years ago, and he's been public about this. Sure. um, He was suffering so badly from depression, he actually attempted to take his own life. He failed. The thing is, he had a change of heart. He's gone on to have a fulfilling career. He's written a fantastic book just published a few months ago about the trucker convoy in Ottawa. And I know if you talk to Andrew, uh, who is actually in the process of trying to check out, he is so happy that did not happen. I wonder how many people of the assisted suicides we've had in recent years, Sheila, that if given the opportunity of time, given counseling, you know, just given the the chance to have sober second thought, how many of those people would still be here today and say, you know what, I'm so glad I didn't go through with terminating my life?
3: The wait time is gone. The 10-day wait time is gone, and you don't even have to receive medical assistance in dying from a doctor that knows you. You don't have to be terminally ill. You can just be chronically ill. And come May, or sorry, March 2023, you can be mentally ill, and that's all you need. So you can get medical assistance in dying right now from a pharmacist on the day you ask for it. That's it. There's no, as you say, sober second thought. And I'm sure we all know somebody in our lives who has committed suicide because it is one of the leading causes of death for men. Quite frankly, Um, I I have an interview this week with the veteran who ripped the Band-Aid and exposed what was happening at Veterans Affairs with these veterans. He's a podcaster. His name is Mark Meinke. Mm. It's from Alberta. And he testified at parliamentary hearings about this very issue. But he said this is so near and dear to his heart because he was experiencing um, a very acute PTSD episode not all that long ago and he told me about it while we were being like while we were, we are in an interview so I, I don't think I'm speaking out of term turn when I say this but he said it was just a momentary thing and he came to his senses right after and he was so happy that he didn't succeed and I think all of us know somebody in our lives who has tried to harm themselves and They have no regret, zero regret about surviving that attempt. And I think we have to give people the opportunity to survive whatever they're going through instead of giving them a quick, easy, convenient way out for the people who are paid to help them.
0: Well. Sheila, it was a great piece, a great interview with uh, Laura Ingram, And I mean, to bring it back full circle, I don't know what Simons was thinking. Look, I don't wish that company nor its employees uh, any ill will, but I think they're going to suffer from buyer's remorse about this. I would like to think that the vast majority of reasonable minded Canadians aren't down with an ad campaign uh, urging one to take their own life. Maybe I'm wrong about that. Last word goes to you, my friend.
3: Simon's should have euthanized that ad campaign, and I hope the CEO just euthanized his career. If people want to sign my petition calling on the federal government to rethink their extreme pro-death radicalism, please go to helpnothomicide.com.
0: Fantastic. And that is helpnothomicide.com. Sheila, thank you so much, my friend. You have a wonderful weekend.
3: I will. You too, David.
0: Thank you. And that was Sheila Gunn Reid, somewhere in the Alberta northern hinterland. Keep it here, folks. More of Rebel Roundup to come right after this.
2: On January 29, a peaceful protests came to Ottawa to demonstrate against the mandate and the overreach of the government in the life of Canadian. On February 14, Justin Trudeau had decided to invoke the never-before-used Emergencies Act, granting the RCMP special power to shut down the protest by force. Candice Thoreau was present during the dismantling of the convoy, and she was trampled by the horse of the mounted police unit. The SIU, the Special Investigation Unit, have been mandated to investigate occurrence across Ontario involving all municipal, regional and provincial police officers. Since many people have been injured, as Candice, they have opened a file for Candice's several injuries. At the beginning of last April, we heard that the SIU had dropped the investigation because the injury was not enough severe. Candice, a First Nation woman, who was holding the line at the first place, got hit by the horse of the Monty police, and have been injured. And I came here today to learn about her story, how she felt at this moment, and what she has to say
4: to us about it. Have a look. I'm Candice Thero from Tandeneka Mohawk Territory. It's about two hours, two and a half hours southwest of here.
2: Alexa Lavoie for Ribent News and I'm in front of where the Public Order Emergency Commission is holding after more than a month and a almost a half of every single day different witnesses who gave testimony about the invocation of the Emergencies Act on the 14 of February 2022 for dismantling a peaceful protest in Ottawa. I'm with, you will remember Candice Sorrow. Um, The investigation on Candice, on the SIU, have been dropped because they say that the injury of Candice was not enough severe to continue the investigation. So I'm here with her to not only give you an update, but also to know a little bit more about the earth situation. Hi,
4: how are you? I'm alive in here.
2: <laughs> so since we saw the first time, you just been trampled by a horse, and now you're here alive in one piece. Can you explain? Broken in <laughs> one piece. So can you explain what happened with the
4: SIU? The SIU? <laughs> they did send me a letter stating that yes they can you say i was hurt but will be no more further investigation because i wasn't hurt enough
2: we will show some picture of your bruise that you had that day and we want to know a little bit how did you feel when you received that letter saying that they would just drop the investigation
4: uh that point in time when I, I was floored, very floored. Like they had just swept it under the rug, mm-hmm. so to speak, as all of Canada, worldwide, seen. Yes, I did get trampled by a horse, and for them to say that I wasn't hurt is uh, off the wall.
2: And we know all you feel because i saw you afterwards you just went out of the hospital you were in pain you were injured and i saw you and
4: i am still in pain and injured and everything isn't set right Mm -hmm. still
0: yeah sorry about that miss errol but your injuries weren't quite enough to garner further attention by the special investigations unit Oh, and you won't be needed to testify at the Emergencies Act inquiry either. They were much too busy interviewing Ottawa snowflakes who were triggered by horns blaring and diesel fumes. (laughs) Unbelievable. And joining me now for more on this truly egregious situation is our Montreal-based reporter, and that would be Alexa Lavoie. Bonjour, Alexa. Bonjour. (laughs) Now, Alexa, let me get this straight. Being trampled on by a horse does not warrant any further investigation. So what is the benchmark here? Um, Broken bones, a heart attack, death. Alexa, surely the issue here is the use of the mounted unit galloping into a crowd of peaceful protesters, not the extent of one's injury. So why is that part of the story not being addressed?
2: Yeah, that was actually really outraged. And by the way, sorry, everybody, I'm on the field and I'm actually covering <laughs> another story. It's why I look like that. And it's, I don't know how minus it is in Quebec, but it's really cold. But yeah, uh, for Candice, uh, I was really shocked when I heard that the police just, this. It's, it's the SIU, is the special investigation uh, that is supposed to be the one to investigate in municipal, regional and police unit. And when I heard that they just dropped the case just because they say the injury was not enough severe, but at the end of the day, she was trampled. This this deserved like a full investigation on how a police have used a horse against a citizen. This is enough to actually open the file and continue the investigation on it. But um, I'm happy that when she said to me that she's going to go further and with the legal action and say, like, I'm not going to let that down. I still suffer from my injury, and I don't want... And it's why she was a a little bit, like, stressed to give me an interview, because she wanted to be sure that what she said was uh, correctly said because she didn't want it to... Say something that she she should not say. So, um, but I am happy that she take like legal action, and we will uh, follow the case afterwards, like to to see what's going on with uh, with Candice.
0: Oh, 100%, Alex. I think there is indeed grounds for a civil lawsuit here, and even the way this story was initially played out, it was an absolute preposterous lie. Do you remember? Uh, it, the police were saying words to the effect that a bicycle was thrown at the mounted unit or at a horse. What bicycle? Where? There's no evidence of this. There's no video footage of this. It seems to me, I'm sorry that the cops are lying about this. Why did they go down this route in the first place, Alexa?
2: Well, I think they didn't want it to alert the population and they wanted to show <laughs> like, all great they were doing uh, to dismantle like the occupation so I think uh, it's what they wanted to do. They really wanted to say, oh, no, nobody have been injured. And someone threw a bicycle. Who have a bicycle in the snow at minus, <laughs> I don't know. Like, I don't know. I don't like drive a bicycle at this, this time of the year because it was freezing and it was like snowing. So for me, it's just like... It was just lie on lie. And it was just like a propaganda of disinformation and misinformation uh, that was coming from everywhere. And I'm sorry, we saw it. And I was there when the, the horse went it, into the crowd. I was there. I didn't see Candice, but I was there when I saw the, the, the horse like just jumping straight. And I I actually ran away because I was like, oh, my God, this horse, if it, the horse is getting panic, it's going to just like trample everybody.
0: Yeah, and I'll actually make an excellent point uh, about the disinformation and misinformation. This is what the authorities, this is what the government, this is what law enforcement was claiming the trucker freedom convoy was all about. But the reverse is true. It's the people in charge. It is the law enforcement agencies. They are responsible for the misinformation and disinformation. And by the way, I, we have to point out, the this was the mounted unit of the Toronto Police Service, uh, I do believe. And the last time I saw those cats in action, they were uh, shutting down Adamson's Barbecue uh, restaurant because, God forbid, uh, Alexa, an illegal barbecue joint during COVID when 400 metres away, uh, Costco is uh, serving food at its food service uh, uh, facility. Um, I'm just wondering, is this mounted unit ever actually used against the bad guys? I I don't think
2: that... I think this tactic... uh, been only used when you have like really a terrorist attack or something like that, not on like peaceful citizen. And I didn't see like using like horses on a population before. I I would say in my lifetime. Uh, I think that is really, really one of the most horrible things to do. Not only for the citizen, but I'm just take, putting myself in the position of the horse. How oh, Panicking issue should be like just like being like forced to just like jump into a crowd like I'm this is like I Always say like suffering like they, 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 they are Suffering like the, the horse too like in both side like people were suffering and I'm, I'm just thinking like Which kind of police we have to use this kind of intervention like they had like some children and women in the crowd that that had like maybe the the chance to to be hurt and and by the way, Candice, is lucky. She's not injured much and more than that because mm-hmm. she, she had probably the chance to be dead right now to be really like trampled like harder than that. So the investigation should be like not like how how severe is the the injury, but more like. Maybe she, she she will be dead right now, but she was enough lucky to not be. And especially because they didn't help her afterwards. She she told me like uh, during my first interview that people actually bring her out of the crowd mm-hmm. and bring her into the hospital, but not the police officer that just trampled her. And she was like on the snow itself without being able to walk, because a walker was probably like, I don't, I don't know, destroyed by the horse at that time.
0: Um, unbelievable, Alexa. And, and there's another element here that th- this is all about the SIU dropping its investigation. There's not enough carnage here, evidently. Um, but when it comes to the Emergencies Act inquiry, here's my question: why isn't Miss, why wasn't Miss Zero called to testify? Why weren't you, my friend, called to testify? You got shot point blank with some kind of canister and ingested uh, pepper spray. Uh, These were real injuries, not make-believe injuries like those citizens of Ottawa that complained about noise or complained about diesel fumes. Can you give uh, an explanation, Alexa, why you and Miss Cerro weren't witnesses to talk about, oh, I don't know, let's call it for what it is, police brutality.
2: (laughs) Probably because we will uh, just prove that they are wrong when they say that nobody has been injured or that uh, the police did uh, great their job. And I will say something like when I saw Justin Trudeau during this testimony, like doing some speculation on maybe a grandmother will have been like run over by a truck or like a police officer will be dead right now or killed. And I was like, oh, in, in the audience, you have like the woman that been trampled by your police because you did um, invoke the emergency act. And I get shot in the leg and it seems like nobody cares. I, I have the impression that this whole world it's upside down. Now, the good is the bad and the bad is the good.
0: You know what? I I, I feel that way every day. And, you know, it, it, we should bring up, we discussed this point before Alexa. But the following day, we went to the uh, press conference at the Ottawa Police Service. (laughs) Uh, It was acting chief Steve Bell that was conducting it. And I was right there with you and I asked the question, how is the investigation into the shooting of Alexa Lavoie going on? And he said he was unaware of the incident, which indicates two things. He is ignorant, because this was getting worldwide media attention. I mean, for goodness sakes, you had just been interviewed an hour earlier by Russian television. Or he was lying through his teeth. He's well aware that you're shot. That's a serious thing. An officer discharging a firearm, A, and B, the projectile hitting uh, a person. Um, So I guess the big picture question, Alexa, is that when this uh, inquiry report is tabled, by February 20th. Is it going to be a fair report? Or, as they say in Vegas, is the fix in? I think, um, I don't know, because it's really hard to say. Uh,
2: right now, what, what we can see so far, nothing makes sense and nothing is fair. So we we saw a lot of lies, but we lo- saw a lot of contradiction, a lot of cows and lots of, like, People were telling like the opposite thing. So who they will believe in all this story? Because some uh, in the minister was saying different different version of what what really happened and what I've been really say. So who believe being who? And so I'm I'm actually thinking that at the end of the all this, they will say that Mr. Trudeau did the right thing, and we all everybody know that he didn't. And it was like impulsive, and it was like using um, power that he probably don't deserve.
0: Yeah. Well, Alexa, great interview, great report. Um, I always look for the silver lining. I think in this case, it is, uh, thank goodness that horse didn't trample uh, Miss Cero on the head. Uh, Otherwise, uh, she might not be with us. And likewise, had that canister hit you in the head as opposed to your thigh, Maybe we'd be be talking about you in the past tense as well. But both injuries, both attacks were completely unnecessary, much Mm -hmm. like the invocation of the Emergencies Act itself. Uh, Let's hope we never see that kind of brutality again. Thank you so much, Alexa, and you have a good weekend, my friend.
2: Can I just add something? Because you would probably have so much people writing to you about the man with the brown jacket. Mm. The man with the brown jacket... I don't know if he was really trampled, really injured, but I know that he doesn't, it seems that he doesn't want to be identified because it's not the first time we tried to approach and ask for more information about him. Maybe he was there and he didn't want it to be recognized and be mixed with the the convoy for security of job, or I don't know. But if someone knows something about the brown jacket man who was the second person to be trampled, Please reach out to Ruben News and share it widely.
0: Yeah, let's hope we find uh, out what his story is. But, you know, Alexa, given the, uh, this day and age we're in, in our dark dominion under Justin Trudeau, maybe the man in the brown jacket is simply scared to come forward, doesn't want his bank accounts frozen, doesn't want to be bugged, <laughs> uh, which is what has been happening in the aftermath of the Freedom Convoy protests. Sometimes I really don't recognize this country anymore under these Justin Trudeau Liberals. But again, like I said, Alexa, uh, you have a happy and safe weekend. You too. Okay, (laughs) take care, Alexa. And that was Alexa Lavoie somewhere in the area of Montreal. Keep it here, folks. We are uh, gonna come back to you with Rebel Roundup right after this. Menzies for Rebel News here in Toronto. And folks, I'm at the Pan Pacific Hotel with Ace Cameraman Lincoln J. We were tipped off that the Prime Minister Justin Trudeau is gonna show up for some sort of a schmooze fest here. Hopefully, he's not gonna give away hundreds of millions of dollars of Canadian money, Canadian taxpayer money that is to some foreign land. But I digress. In any event, we want to ask Justin Trudeau. A couple of questions, I think the biggest question is this, why did he freeze the bank accounts of peaceful protesters at the Freedom Convoy last winter, but he can't be bothered to take action against Chinese communists subverting our democracy? You may recall the government of China interfered in the 2019 election supporting 11 liberal candidates that year. And Trudeau claims he was never briefed on this, even though CISA says he was. How about another uh, couple of questions? I'd like to know what his reaction was to Justice uh, Rollo having Brandon Miller escorted by security out of the emergencies act inquiry earlier today and of course was that really a liberal operative that was waving a nazi flag on the initial day of the freedom convoy protest well there's a, a hot potato issue for the little potato as they call them in china how about this can we trust uh, commissioner rollo to call a fair game when it comes to the emergencies act inquiry so many questions but as you know, we are persona non grata. We've seen the mainstream media uh, be warmly welcomed into the venue. But Lincoln and I are going to um, go to the hotel, wait for the convoy to come. He's always late to these events, and then we're going to try to scrum him. Hopefully, we won't have a repeat of what happened to Lincoln and I last December. You remember that? Check it out. No, we'll stay
4: back. See,
0: uh, see, see, what, what, are what are you doing? Get, Get, me. It. Get off, me! Hey, I can Move. Hey, this is a salt! I'm on a side What is Move. this? I'm on a sidewalk! Move. I am Move. on a sidewalk! What is Move. this? Move. You cannot touch me! No rush can't work! Hey! hey. I... Are you kidding? Are you kidding? I told you. What is this? You can't. Uh, am I under arrest? Am I under arrest? Am I under arrest? Because otherwise, you have no right. <laughs> 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 huh? I'm not. <into> <laughs> <I'm
4: telling you, laughs>
0: Yeah, so not only did they beat me up, not only did they break my watch, but I suspect they gave me COVID. It was just a couple of days later, I came down with COVID after being a pitcher of health for more than uh, two and a half years. And uh, it was revealed in the media that half of Justin Trudeau's security detail were COVID positive, despicable. but. That's the police state we're in, folks. The Royal Canadian Mounted Police are now the Royal Canadian Mounted Henchmen, and they do Justin Trudeau's dirty work. In any event, we're going to mosey on over to the main entrance and see if this Prime Minister will at least attempt to answer a couple of our questions. Mr. Trudeau, why did you freeze the bank accounts of stay innocent there, Canadians there. and you're turning a blind eye to the subversion by the Chinese government? Why are you following us? To get into the darkness? We're,
4: we're huh? sure leave
0: the What's that? We're sure leave the yeah, I'm leaving. Okay, then leave. Yeah. Good night. Yeah, I don't even know who you are. You got what? What is that little badge on you there? You've been asked to leave. Well, folks, we're getting nowhere here. Um, once again, uh, Justin Trudeau's Royal Canadian henchmen uh, do not believe in uh, a free press. Well, folks, maybe that last line I uttered isn't completely true. It's not that Trudeau and his cronies don't believe in a free press. It's just that their definition of a free press involves journalists who are government-funded, you know, so that they know their role and they don't ask any insensitive or impolite questions. Yep, welcome to the Dominion of Canada in 2022 in which the media watchdogs have become Trudeau's lapdogs. And if you dare show up to a Trudeau event as an independent journalist, well, expect Trudeau's thugs to get handsy with you What a disgrace. In any event, you had plenty to say about this latest affront to freedom of the press, the independent press, that is. Red May Belief writes Ever since that happened to you, David, with Trudeau's thugs, I've wanted to leave this country. I actually hate Canada now. Trudeau has turned it into a shite hole, and I don't want to be here paying taxes that go into supporting him and his effing goons. Well, Red Maple Leaf, I appreciate your kind words, but let's not give up on our great dominion right now. Not quite yet. Undeniably, this country is not the same place it was just seven years ago. But in the months ahead, let's pray for regime change. Let's hope we can indeed make Canada great again. Tom in back writes... The Menzoid needs to be wearing his baseball cleats when he goes to interview Justin Trudeau, when FJT's detail back him up against the wall, get him with the spikes. Well, actually, Tom, unlike Trudeau's security detail, I really don't want to hurt anybody. I just want to do my job. But last year, I did buy a new set of steel-toed boots to prevent my toes from being stepped on. That's one of the tactics his henchmen use. They purposely stand on your feet. The reason is that this act of violence is not typically caught on camera. And if it is captured on camera, well, they say it was an accident. What horrible Mounties these jerks are. Clint S.B. writes, "...only the paid propaganda arm of the government can have access." Bingo, Clint. What we are seeing now in Canada, with the legacy media being funded by the Trudeau Liberals, it is something that is both unethical and immoral. How can media outlets have the chutzpah to claim they are impartial when the government itself is funding these outlets to the tune of hundreds of millions of dollars per year and, of course, in the case of the CBC, more than a billion dollars annually? What a joke. Sir Sunrise writes, the dictator has more guards around him than Biden has. We need to start a criminal tribunal for Trudeau, ASAP. Uh, Well, you know, um, I would love to see such a tribunal, but given the climate of our country right now in terms of the political arm and the bureaucracy, what are the odds that Justin Trudeau would skate once again? Unbelievable. And one John Henry writes, David, the answer is quite obvious. The PM is incompetent and unqualified to run a small third world country like Canada. You know, that's a good point, Mr. Henry. I never thought of that angle. The fact that Justin needs the help of the Beijing mandarins to run a proper and efficient dictatorship. It now makes more sense than ever that before he became prime minister in 2015, that Justin Trudeau publicly proclaimed his admiration for the dictatorship in China. You cannot make this stuff up, folks. Well, that wraps up another edition of Rebel Roundup. Thanks so much for joining us. Have yourselves a fantastic weekend. See you next week. And hey, folks, never forget, without risk, there can be no glory. Good night.